Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. Welcome back to another edition of Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com. Coming to you a few days after one of the most heartbreaking losses in the history of Notre Dame football. The Irish coming up mere inches short uh, of their upset bid of Ohio State. I am Frank Fetovic, uh, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Greg Flamong, who is the president of the Kyle Hamilton fan club, who we are luckily and uh, we're luckily able to to coordinate schedules this week to talk about whatever the hell that was that we saw on <laughs> Saturday night. Um, and, and Greg, you know, I honestly I thought for a second when it looked like, you know, maybe maybe we weren't going to make it, uh, you know, the schedules weren't going to align. I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll record solo this week because doing things a man down is what Notre Dame football oh, does. These days. Oh, that's, that's out of I the gate to see that out of the gates. <laughs> How are we doing, Greg? For, we're, we're about 48 hours almost exactly to, you know, to the end of of that game. Now that now that we're recording, how are, we, how are you doing it right now? Uh, at the moment I'm fine. Mostly. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Like I, I act honestly, it was very difficult to record the, uh, the post game instant reaction. It was difficult to record the, the morning after. Um, yeah, it was tough, but I don't know how you did that. Yeah. 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 It was tough. But you know, (laughs) obviously, um, obviously got through it and uh yeah man it was uh it was was really bad it's bad i mean i I was telling people who asked me like like but people were seeing me you know and and everyone kind of in my world knows now what i do and and what i do for isd and in this pod and and uh i'm like you know they could have just lost like they could have just lost the game and everyone moves on with their life kind of thing. Like there's so many ways to lose, like just lose in a normal way. And it doesn't have to be like just complete heart wrenching disaster, but is what is. Oh yeah. I don't know how you, you, you talk through it that night. Cause I'm going to be honest. And I was, I was at the game It was my first game 
in four years at Notre Dame Stadium since, you know, 2020, no fans at Notre Dame Stadium. 21, uh, you know, my son was born like right in the middle of the season. So there was just literally no way of going to a game in 21 um, without just being like a, you know, bad husband slash dad and being like, hey, I know it's a few weeks away, but we'll probably be fine. Um, so good. Obviously wasn't going to do that. Um, and then last year just didn't, you know, didn't work out initially. And then, you know, the loss to Marshall happened. And I was like, I, I don't know that I could justify this expense right now. Um, but, um, in my head, I justified the expense of going out for this one. It, and tickets were absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, like, and it's the first time I've been to many games in that stadium. It's the first time, uh, me and, uh, you know, Kyle, who, you know, also, uh, you know, runs the site. And our good buddy Jeff, um, who's been on some of the pods in the you know in the past, it's the first time we've gone to a game together that we could not get face value tickets. And we've gone to some big games in that stadium. We've gone to Michigan games where the the, the price to get in was expensive. We went to the UGA game, you know, all together in seventeen. We went to the Penn State game in two thousand six. That was an expensive ticket. Um, but this was the first one that that we couldn't get in, so we we, we did it. And man, I. Walking out of that stadium was like, I don't know, it was surreal. Like, I've walked out of that stadium mad. I've walked out of that stadium upset. I've walked out of it disappointed. It was like, this I've never felt walking out of a stadium. It was just surreal. And I say, I don't know how you talked about it, because listening to Notre Dame fans on the shuttle buses to the parking lots complain about the game in some of the most just ridiculous ways was just like driving me absolutely insane. I was like, I, 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 I was like, I just can't say anything because I'm going to say mean things on this bus right now. You know, you, you had people on the shuttle bus saying like, yeah, he, oh, I can't believe they ruled that a touchdown. He, he was down. He was down. Replay showed he was down. I'm like, come on. And, you know, they're, they're sitting there. They're complaining about that. And they're just the, the most ridiculous of things. And I was like, I can't even, I don't want to think about this game. I don't want to think about anything sports related. I just want to, you know, get back to the house that we were staying at. Like, I was like, should I just pack up my bag at right now and just go to the airport and try to get on the earliest flight home? Because you know, I'm gonna be miserable. You know, either way, I might as well just be miserable and get home early. Um, I didn't. You know, I didn't. I did get about four or five hours of sleep, um, and then made the drive. You know, to O'Hare in the in the morning. But that was just nothing. I've ever quite experienced. I've seen my teams, Greg, lose in heartbreaking fashion. Not just Notre Dame, right? I I've seen. I saw the Eagles lose a Super Bowl in person. You know, mm-hmm. whatever, eight nine months ago. Yeah. When I was still living in Philly, I was at the game that the Flyers lost the Stanley Cup when Patrick Kane made the crazy weird angle goal, and the and the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup on the Flyers' home ice. I was there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what other nonsense? I was at the Natty, uh, you know, when we got destroyed by, by Alabama and it's just like, oh, they, it was still like nothing quite, nothing quite like that feeling coming out of that stadium. And that was before I knew that we had 10 men on the field for the last two plays. Cause obviously, you know, in the stadium, it, no one knew at that time. And it was like, we yeah. got to the, we got to the buses and we're sitting down and I was like, no way people were like what i was like we had 10 men on the field for the last play and people were just like what and it was like yeah i was like 10 men on the field we didn't even 
And it was just like, holy cow, what did we just, what did we just see? And I was kind of just in a fog all day yesterday. I was like, I don't even want to, I didn't really read anything. I didn't listen to anything. I wrote an article because I was like, I got to get something up on UHND. But I was just, uh, and I'm still, like, I watched the Eagles tonight. And I don't know if it's because they just didn't look that impressive. But I'm like, I'm not even really enjoying sports right now. I, <laughs> I'm not. And I'm like, I mean, the Eagles, they won by 14. They're 3-0. and They didn't look that impressive tonight, though. And I was just like, all right. It's not heartbreak. So I guess I'll go. I, I guess this is fine. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at 48 hours after this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. I didn't know live uh, that they had. Um, I didn't know live that they had ten on the field, but I did notice that they were light on the yeah. D line. Um, yeah, I noticed it on the first play because it looked weird. Yeah, because they were on the on the line, and I was like. I was like, whoa, whoa, they're light. Like, why are they, why are they, why are they so shaded to the left side, the yeah. d- defensive left side? I'm like, there's no one on the right side of the guard or the yeah. right side of the uh the center there. And I was like, that that can't be right. Why are they doing that? And then they rolled him out and they threw him complete. And and you know, obviously at the time you're just kind of your brain is going really fast. Yeah. And it never occurred to me that they were just short. And then, but then the other play comes and they're light again. And I'm like, that's not good. Like, that's a problem. It's a real problem. And of course, um, right there, you know, they run it right there. And uh, it's, it's funny. Cause like, uh, JJ, Javante Jean Baptiste, like almost cut across the field and made the play. Um, and he hits the back. So he almost like made the play. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is because um, because they didn't have someone there, it actually like freed up DJ Brown to come in clean. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't anyone there to like run into the back. Like so, the mm-hmm. basically the whole side was cleared out. So when DJ Brown hit him, there was no one there. Um, so it's uh, you know it's not great. <laughs> no, it's not great. It is. It is. Oh my God. It's all, it's all kinds of awful. Uh, it was like, it was so bad. None of my coworkers today even asked me about the game. Yeah. Is it, they all just knew. Cause I tweeted something out this morning where I was like, ah, oh, man, I can't wait for all of them to ask me how it was. And for me to say, Oh no, it was fine. You know, the rough outing when really I am just destroyed on the inside right now, but nobody even asked. That's how bad it was. Um, yeah, it was it it was something. And you know what? I mean, the, the 10 men is obviously going to overshadow everything in this game, you know, for as long as this game is remembered, which is going to be a long, long time. Um, but there was so much other stuff that happened in that game, too, that when you look back, you were just like, oh, I'm like, would you just why? Why couldn't we do the? You know, so many times Notre Dame had. um opportunities in this game to finally pull it off and it was just like every single time they shot themselves in the foot um or they didn't capitalize or whatever you know whatever it was that they that they didn't do when they could have um 
And it just kept it like added up. Like when you start adding it up, you were like, how did they still lose? only an inch you know or however many inches it was that uh you know that he got in the end zone by mm-hmm. um when you go back and you look at this um at the same time though i will say like if you're an ohio state fan you're probably looking at this as like yeah we only you know we, we escaped with a win but you know we also went inside the red zone and came away with zero points on two drives where we got stuffed on fourth down which that's not you know that's not a a good way to be living defensively for Notre Dame either, which is kind of ridiculous when you think of how bad, think about how bad Notre Dame's red zone defense was a year ago. Yeah. Year later, here we are. They, they stop them. What was, I don't even remember the down and distance because um, the first time it was fourth and short it was fourth and goal. Wasn't it? The, on the goal line, they the were first, at the, one. the first uh, fourth down stop. They're at the one yard line. Yeah. So you go fourth and goal at the one. And then the other was what, like at the 11 for fourth and one or whatever, 10 yard, 10, 11 yard line when, uh, when they got the second fourth down stop, when it was like, that was, that was the first time I let myself believe we had a chance really like going in like where, cause it was like, you know, we're down 10 and I was like, I, I need to go take a walk. I'm just going to go to the bathroom during this time out here. <laughs> and I was just needed to just clear the head a little bit um, and came back, you know, I think I missed like one play. And, uh, you know, but after that stop, I was like, this, this might happen. We, we could do this right now. What was it? 412, I think was left on the clock. I start doing the math. How many first downs do we need, you know, to put this away? And I think let, let's start there. Um, and like I said, I have not consumed almost any content. Uh, you know, since this game. So apologies if you have talked about some of these things at nauseum. I've talked about probably everything, but that's everything. fine. Okay. All right. So I'm not <laughs> going to come up with any new slants or angles, but uh, <laughs> what that drive there, what, what were your thoughts on that drive? That, you know, the, the Notre Dame's last offensive drive of the game, essentially. Um, I liked how they, I mean, I liked that they threw it. I liked that they went five wide. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a good decision. And I, I, I endorse, right? Um, because at that point, there's four minutes left. So it's not like you – like to me, you can't, you can't uh, just go into straight up like we're going to try to run out the clock here kind of stuff. Right. Um, you do – like I, I like to be an aggressive. And obviously then you get the first down. And by the way, like – and I said it live, what a savvy play by Rico Flores – to oh, just yeah. immediately dash towards the field and stay in bounds. Yep. It, it's like in the moment, like if they end up winning that game, it is such an important play that he made doing that. Um, so good job by him. So he stays in bounds. You run it to estimate <laughs> and that goes for 11. Yeah. Um, I think taking him out of game at that point is, is uh, mind boggling. Yeah stunning move it, it to me i understand look I, I i totally understand like the idea that you know the 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 two back thing had worked with with uh ford and love i understand mm-hmm. that piece but in my opinion that's a situation where first of all you have to know that ohio state is now like they're a first down away. Mm-hmm. Like 
they're not they're they're a first down away from losing the game like they are not playing anything soft like they are coming and so in my opinion like you don't i don't want pullers i don't want a bunch of movement there i don't want a bunch of ball handling in the back i want audric estime you're running duo and you are just going at them mm-hmm. you cannot have a a lost yardage play like that you just can't um you just can't you know it just it can't be a lost yardage play like that yeah. um at the screen afterwards like i see everyone talking about how if jtt uh, I, I see everyone talking about how JTT, um, if he doesn't tip it, it's going to be uh, like a touchdown or it's a look. I think the defensive end is going to, the defensive tackle is going to get there. By the time he catches it and turns, I think he's going to get there. And honestly, he might take him out of bounds on the play. Um, so that's not to say I don't like the screen call, you know, it's not mm-hmm. to say I don't like it. I I don't really regard it as aggressive. If you're aggressive, you're throwing the ball down the field. It's aggressive in that they're not passing, but I mean they're not running. Right. But I just think you're throwing the ball down the field. Um, if you if you think a blitz is coming, you can you can get something in the middle of the field there. Um, tunnel screen that had worked to Jaden Greathouse earlier. Um, so I you know I I I don't like second guessing screens like that because. It's like it, it could work. I, I kind of get it against the blitz. You know, it just didn't work. And the fact that it was incomplete, obviously, is just awful. Mm. Um, and then you run it to to pain, which, again, like you're probably not getting the first down. I would rather you just ran it to estimate there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's it. I, the, the, the main thing is just. Give the ball to estimate, please. You did it in the bowl game too, and yeah. obviously it wasn't Parker, but it's like the same thing. Like you're bulldozing them, and now we're doing something else. Like I just don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like yeah. it. So. I mean, it, it seemed like Ohio State was like at that point where you could have ran it on, like where if you just went power, they weren't going to shut it down i don't know if you know if he ran three times with estimate if he's getting another first down but he's definitely not losing five on the first play and then getting zero essentially and stopping the clock on the second play and hell that alone could have made the difference few extra few extra yards and you know the either ohio state using another timeout or you know or, or the clock ticking there it, it makes the difference because of what it came down to and it's just, oh, I don't get it. I mean, it's like estimate is like built for that exact scenario. You have the lead. You know, the defense is getting tired. You're trying to wear them down. You're trying to grind out a couple first downs to keep the clock running and to and to get out of there with a win. Um, and you took him out. And then, like again, yeah, Love had a great game, but he's also of the backs. He's not, he's not necessarily the one that you think of as like, oh, we're gonna put him in to grind out the tough yards at the end here. That's not. It's just, 
You know, he's he's a smaller, like slipperier or faster, more elusive back. He's not a 230-pound bowling ball. And it's kind of funny that Parker talked last week about not outsmarting yourself and, and things like that. And he, I forget his exact quote, but he was talking about not overthinking things. And it's like, dude, you just you overthought it so much in that last drive, which sucks because I thought he he called an OK game, I guess. I don't necessarily like how little they were letting Hartman pass. Um but it was, I mean, it was working somewhat, right? I mean, they were, they had the lead. The running of the second half was what got them on the board. So it's tough to, to kind of argue that. And if if they just got two more first downs there, right? Nobody would, nobody would, everyone would be saying great, 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 great game plan, right? You kept Ohio State off the field. You, you know, you grounded out, uh, you know, win. And it's just like that that last sequence is going to, it's going to stick with him. I tell you what, like he owes the defensive coaching staff a big favor for not having the 11th man on the field for those two drives because his decisions on that drive are getting not nearly as much attention as they would, you know, if there was 11 men on the field for, you know, for that last, for those last two plays. And yeah. What were, you, what were right. your thoughts in general? Like, because I mean, what I didn't again didn't realize it in the moment, but you then you look at the stats and I saw like, oh, Buckner attempted more passes against Ohio State last year than Hartman did on Saturday night, which is just who would have thought that? What were your thoughts on that from a game pure game plan perspective? Um, I di- so okay, I, I tweeted that out and yeah. I'm shocked by it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I sort of understand because they were running the ball far better. That's a fair point than they were last year. So there's that. Um, and, and the other part too, is like, I really think that the game plan, as far as, you know, what they did with love and Ford, like it, it was good. Like they yeah. came up with like a good plan to get those guys involved, especially Jeremiah Love. He looked absolutely fantastic in the game. Oh my god, yeah. Right. So it's not like you come up with those things and and they, they didn't work. Okay. The offensive line played very well considering the opponent. Mm-hmm. So that's important to point out. My problem is this is just generally, in my opinion, again, just it's it was a Mickey Mouse passing game. Yeah. It everything is short. There are multiple times, and I'm trying to do a breakdown on this. If I can find the time, I'm gonna try to do a breakdown on this on YouTube. There are so many situations where Notre Dame has four players running short of the sticks under 10 yards, like, and they're first down plays, you know, and yeah. some of them are second down, some are third down. And, and it's just like, there are, there are multiple times, like people talk about the wide receivers. And in my opinion, just watching it and watching their passing plays, it just looks to me as though on a lot of these passing plays, the, the wide outs, the actual wide outs, whether it be Tobias and uh, 
Jaden Thomas or Tobias and Chris Tyree or whoever it is, they're running dummy routes, which is essentially not live routes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're not even part of the progression. And in, in, to me, you know, because I was listening to Jamie on Power Hour, and I'm going to talk to him about this. I guess that will be today uh, when people are listening to this, when we do our Hit and Hustle show. Because I haven't talked to him because he was at the game, and so uh, he wasn't on the post-game show. So I haven't talked to him about this game yet. But, you know, he was talking about that the, they didn't have a ton of pressure or the done a time. Like he thought Ohio State was getting good pressure on Hartman. And and my thing is, like, that's true. But Notre Dame couldn't have known that to start the game, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So it's like we can't, we can't push the ball down the field. You didn't even plan to. You go into this game, with, and Notre Dame's talking about, like, we want to be our best version of ourselves. And we want to be, um, you know, we want to be uh, play to our potential and play your best game. And be your best self and all that stuff. And you come out here and everything is a five-yard stop or some five-yard crossing route or something to the tight end. And you can't you can't throw the ball to wide receiver down the field. Like the play before the fourth down play where it's third and six, the, the first fourth down play that Hartman got. They said it was a first down and then they ruled it out. The play before that's third and six and you have – um, and you have two tight ends to the bottom, you have the running back, and then you have slot wide receivers to the, uh, you have slot wide receivers to the top, to the field. Those two wide receivers, Jaden Thomas runs a stop and Tobias Merriweather runs a corner that that it's a dummy route. It's not even, they're not even in the progression. You're not even looking there. He looks at the tight ends who are short. And then he looks at Jabron Payne, who's the dump off, and he gets it to f- to five yards, and it's fourth and one. It's like it's third and six. You're not throwing beyond the sticks. You're not looking at your wideouts. So it's like you're not challenging the end zone. You're not challenging their defensive backs. I, I just and that happened a few times, and I just can't I can't get on board with that. Like I just mm-hmm. you have all year, you have all spring fall camp. The first four games, you know you're playing Ohio State and you need to push the ball. You need to be able to be a vertical team. If you want to be a great team, you need to be a vertical team. Mm -hmm. And they're not pushing the ball. And they're throwing these little routes. And it's like, look, I don't – and you have all – you know you have to be this. You didn't prepare for it. We talk about the lead up into the game and you're not ready to be vertical. I don't, I don't, it's not to me, it's not an excuse to say the receivers aren't good. I, I don't know that they're good. Every time you threw it to them, they caught it. Yeah. Was, was my analysis of it. Every time they threw the ball to a wide receiver and it actually got to them, they caught the ball. So I don't know if you, if you're going to tell me that if someone's going to tell me that oh, the, the receivers aren't good or they don't trust them so they didn't try, well, then you beat yourself before you even came out on the field. So, 
that's how I feel about that. I don't I don't actually remember how I started on this. I guess we could call it a rant, but that's how I feel about that. I don't re- I don't even remember the question. <laughs> uh, just, talking about yeah, like, the game uh, plan, right? Game plan, correct. Game plan. Right, so, of, like, why do you have Sam? Why did you go out and get Sam Hartman? Right, if you're not going to let him throw it, best deep ball passer in college football last year. Right, you threw it deep more against Ohio State last year with Tyler Buckner. Right, he didn't hit them all, but he threw a couple downfield. Right, what you know, you had the the one to Lindsey. Um, that was what was the other? Who's who are the other one? Who had the diving one? Where it's like falling back, it popped up, and then caught it. I can't remember who caught that one. Uh, which one? What are you talking about? Against Ohio State last year, like Buckner at least threw oh, it down. It the was field. it was uh it was Salerno. That's right. Where well, they threw the same route to Rico Flores. Yeah. And it was short. Yes. It it it, it didn't get to him. And I think, in, in my opinion, the Ohio State defensive back was interfered. He, oh, was yeah. Interference. He was there too soon. They didn't call it because they're awful. Yeah. So you only call those against Notre Dame. Well, it's, it's an awful call. It, it just, they're terrible. But, yeah. but they didn't call it. But the, the fact is, Rico Flores had no chance to catch it because it was short. Yeah. It's a bad pass. The pass to Jaden Thomas, where Jaden Thomas is getting pulled on and then they pull off his sleeve. Like that. That is a bad pass. Yeah, it's outside of Jaden Thomas has a step on the on the defensive back, and he can't reach the ball. It's out of touch. It's like that's a bad throw. Okay, so in my opinion, like they didn't give Sam Hartman an opportunity to to be a big time player in this game. To me, it was it was a. It was a game plan that you would have had for Tyler Buckner, frankly, or you yep. would have had for Ian Book. And to be Behind. honest, like I actually think if Ian Book was Notre Dame's quarterback in this game, they would have won the game. <laughs> I truly believe that because Sam Hartman wasn't asked to do anything that Ian Book could not have done. Right. And there's a hun- I'm 100% certain on that fourth and one that Ian Book oh, yeah. gets it. And maybe 100%. the sneak. And the sneak, probably. So I just, like, I, that's the thing about it is, like, you just said it. You have Sam Hartman, and it's going to be different. And you call the game that any quarterback that Notre Dame has had over the last however long could have executed that game plan. Any yep. of them. So. That's the problem. It's not that they ran it a bunch. It's that when they threw it, they didn't ask the quarterback to do anything. They didn't challenge Ohio State. They didn't try to be explosive. So. Hmm. Not good. No. Not, not, not ideal. It was all there, too. Like, it, 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 ah, it was such a moment, like, ready. Like, everything about that game, the weekend, it was just, you know, campus was phenomenal, All right? The game day setup was great. Um, you know, the Pat McAfee show was was really great the day before. Um, there was an energy on campus. The takeover that every that everyone was worried about never happened, um, like at all. I, I don't know what the if anybody came up with an exact number, but 
it, it was it was nothing like you know what people were were dreading or were you know were expecting or that vivid seats I saw you know said that they were projecting forty percent. Uh, yeah, we don't Ohio have to State like ones. pay attention to that ever again. Never, never. Um, I mean, it was because I mean, I don't know. Again, what, what I mean, just being there, I would say twenty percent, maybe. Um, and it was it was apparent like from right away. Everyone kept saying like, "Oh, it's Ohio State. They're it's Ohio. They're close. They're going to drive." And I was like, "All right, fine." Game day, we get this. We get to campus, maybe like ten ish, I think. Um. Because we didn't make it in time for for the start of game day, um, but I think we got there maybe like yeah like ten whatever time it was, and I was like we're just driving through the lots, and my buddy was like Jeff was like there's there's a lot of red I'm like ah. I'm like no man I was like I remember the second we pulled in in 2017 for that Georgia game it was like holy cow what is happening on campus because like it wasn't that bad the day before like the friday before the uga game it was like oh there's a lot of georgia fans out but you know whatever there's always a lot of opposing fans it's not that bad and it was just like but then you got to campus on game day and it was just red everywhere and i was like i don't think you know it's it's nearly that bad and it turned out not to be so it was like that you know that was great the stadium was insane um you know the green wristband thing looked cool i don't know how it looked on tv because i not really had the stomach to rewatch anything or even really watch highlights in the stadium i could tell you it looked pretty damn cool um it was just it was all there for notre dame like more so than maybe i don't know i mean i think it was even a better setup than like the bush push game because in, in 2005, Notre Dame already had a loss at that point to a pretty, you know, mediocre Michigan State team in overtime a few weeks earlier. So, yeah. you know, Notre Dame was still ranked pretty highly, you know, at that time. And, yeah, yeah Notre Dame could have, um, you know, they, they had a chance um, that year if they if they would have won out to go to major bowl and everything. But it's like, I think it was set up better. You know, Notre Dame 4-0, game day. It would have been five and zero with it with a win over a top ten team. Could have exercised so many demons, and instead they did the exact opposite. Where instead of it being this like relief and this like, all right, we finally got one of those. It's like no, we're gonna chalk up another loss, and we are gonna do it in possibly the most excruciating way possible. Because, like, even Bush Push was like, man, Dwayne Jarrett made a hell of a play on the fourth and nine. Um, Ambrose Wooden needed to not clip his fingernails that day. And maybe, you know, maybe that, that, that there, there's a different ending there on the on the fourth and nine. But it's like, you know, they made that play. A little bit of bad luck that, the you know, when, when um, ah, shoot, who was it that hit Liner and the ball went out of bounds? That was Hoyt. Wait, um, you know, it's like, okay, just, you know, bad luck, bad luck. And, you know, they, they got in and it's like, all right, well, it sucks. It's heartbreaking, but they made the plays. And in this one, it's just like, man, you give up a third and well, first you give up a fourth and seven, then you give up a third and 19 and then you do the whole 10 men on the field. And it's just like, oh man, it's like you, you went into the last two plays without even really giving yourself a chance. And yet. Your point, uh, Jean-Baptiste 
still almost, you know, makes the stop. You know, he not only does he almost make the stop, I mean, that ball was moving, right? I mean, it's not, I mean, he he retained possession, but it's like not only did he get in from the other side, he got in from the other side, almost made the tackle, and got that ball to rattle a little bit in his arms. And it's just like, ah, why? 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 Why does? Why do they do this to us? Um, that's, that's all I want to know. Is just why. <laughs> and it you starts to beg the question of like, well, if not then, like, when is this going to happen? Right? It's like I know USC is coming to town in a few weeks. Notre Dame's going to have another chance to do this. Um, but man, it's like if you can't capitalize on that one, it just, whoo, it's not 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 good. I say I will say that it is not good. Um, this one has the, the this one has the I would say, and there's there's some questions on this. We'll, we'll start getting into it. This, this this is one of those that can linger, and I mean I think like, I mean there's there's like the only thing I think Freeman can actually do to potentially to, like to actually live down a loss like this because of the 10 men is to win a national championship at some point. Like short of that, it's he, that is going to be like, I don't know if he realizes this yet, but like, that's going to be what people talk about. If he ultimately doesn't win a national championship, right? When we talk about, when people think about Bob Davey, like what that Michigan game, those back-to-back weeks in, in 99, when the clock ran out because Bob Davey didn't know how to manage a clock in back-to-back weeks, like, those are the things that people talk about. They talk about Jarius Jackson, you know, getting that knee injury against LSU. Um, what that was what ninety eight, right? And then losing the USC game because there wasn't a backup quarterback capable of of completing passes on the roster. Um, and they talk about like those kind of things for Bob Davy. And it's like if short of Freeman, just like like I said, winning a title. Um, or, you know, maybe at that, you know, winning like multiple playoff games, but not a tie, you know, like that kind of that kind of, of tenure. Like people are going to be like, oh, Freeman, he's the coach that, you know, lost the game with 10 men on the field. And I like it. That is going to be tough. To overcome, because um, that's I just just those are the kind of things that stick with you. Uh, and I think this one has a is a chance to like to linger. I don't know if because Notre Dame fans are, you know, feeling down right now. I don't know how much people realize, like, I, this week is, is, is pivotal. Like, to, I think, I, I don't think this is hyperbole to say. Maybe you could tell me it's hyperbole. But I, I think this is, like, you know, a critical week in the tenure of Marcus Freeman. And I think in, let's say, three years, you know, whether this Freeman, um, you know, error turns out to be positive or negative, this is going to be one of the weeks that we look back at and say, oh, that was like a pivotal point of whether it went off the rails or, you know, he turned it around and, and you know, was able to, you know, to, to, to build from it. Because a loss like that, when you're going on the road the next week to play a pretty good team, Ooh, that could, like I said, I think it could stick with you. And it's like if Notre Dame were to drop the Duke game, like th- this season could go from like, hey, possible playoff run to possibly off the rails, like 
in a hurry. Because let's say you lose to Duke this weekend. And then you got USC coming in a couple of weeks. And it's like, well, if you can't, if you, you know, did what you did against Ohio State and you lose to Duke, like, no one's going to be looking at that USC game thinking like, okay, Notre Dame's probably going to win that. So do you think that is hyperbole to, to think of it in that regards where like, if he is unable to get this team focused and get a win this weekend, like it could be like, you know, for lack of a better term, like a turning point in a bad way. Uh, yeah, it could. I mean, you know, there's always uh, a scenario where that's correct. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just, it would shock me if they, they came out and looked like terrible. Yeah. Like that would be surprising. Like, and the thing is, is, you know, they definitely look like a, a good football team. You know, my, my thing with them is just like, I don't like how they, I don't like how they went about trying to win. Right. Like, so, so the fact that, so the, the success rate thing is kind of whatever to me, you know, because like, I, I, I just don't really care about the success rate part of it, I guess. But at the same time, like it's relevant when you think about the rest of the year and like they did play really well, you know, they did play on a down to down basis better than Ohio State did. So I think that's relevant when thinking about the Duke game. Um, you know, it, it, so there's there's that piece. I mean, obviously, they could come out and look bad and play poorly. Um, and, and you know, then there would be serious questions. In right. a way, in, in, with a different tenor than, um, you know, they would have if, if they had just given up the game and they had 11 players on the field, right? Like that right. makes it like – because that's – that's incompetence. Yeah. Is what it is. And not not so much on Marcus Freeman because the head coach is generally not responsible for, like, how many players are on the field, per se. Right. But it's your program, right? Yes. And so, like, you can't, you know, you don't want your program to be in a situation. Like, that can't happen. It's, it's, your, it's your responsibility. So, right. um, it could, for sure. But, you know, like, any loss to Ohio State, if they went and lost to Duke, there would be serious questions because then you then right. you start to be like, well, I don't know how you're going to beat USC now, and then you got to go on the road to Clemson and on and on and on, right? Man. So uh, that was, I think, that was kind of always in play, um, mm. but it, it it definitely it takes on a different kind of tenor when you've got the ten players on the field thing. Yeah, because then it's like, you know, you got. Do we have somebody ask us this? I know. No, I'm looking. I don't think somebody asked. Um, but it's like, I mean, how much trust do these, you know, like, did it, did it, somebody asked it, I think maybe in like another thread, um, but not my one on uh, asking for questions for the pod. But it's like, do the, do the coach, coaches need to gain some trust back from the players? Cause like, I mean, there's, wouldn't be surprising if there's a couple players who are like, man. They didn't even have ten. They didn't even, you know, have us in the, you know, have ten guys on the field for those for those last plays. Like, those are things that you know people could very easily, you know, players could easily be be thinking. Um, 
Now, it seems like this staff, you know, has the trust of the players. So I'm not saying that that's definitely going to, but I think those are all things now that are in play that would not have been in play to your point if they just lost. You know, if they just yeah. kind of, if, you know, and it's just because of it, like I said, I think it is a very, very critical week for, for Marcus Freeman. And from what I saw from his press conference today, he did a better job than what he did on Saturday because he did not answer the questions well about the 10 men on the field on Saturday with, you know, when it was pretty clear, like, shortly after like people actually had a chance to go back and look and they were like wait a minute it was two plays with 10 men on the field so his answer proved that they didn't know it because his answer is what did he say saturday night he's like well you know we didn't have a timeout you didn't want to run somebody out there i thought it was easier i thought it was better to not give him a free play and then like today he was like well now we have something in place so that we can take a taken off sides there and it's like, well, so, okay, you just kind of admitted we didn't know. And um, so well, no, just, the way he handled it on Saturday was not good. He's kind of admitting that um, they they didn't have a plan to, like, how do we get them? How do we get them to take a penalty the way yeah. we want? I mean, but, like, think about how absurd it is that it's like, you know, we have a plan now that this no, you, situation you, is so specific, like better never you, happen again. What, what, what the plan, the plan needs to be when we are out of a timeout and we are sending players onto the field, we need to have a person counting Every player. Ugh. That's the plan. You don't need a plan for like a, like the plan is so the the situation is so specific. Like if we are in uh, if if it's if it's you know at the one yard line and it's the last play of the game and we have no timeouts and we have ten on the field. That's when we're going to get a, a, a uh, we're going to relay a signal to a corner for them to take a penalty. What corner is, is looking at the sideline when they are about to play a snap? They're not. They're looking at the receiver. They're not going to be looking at the sideline. Like, th- like that to me is just you're answering a question. It's like, well, we weren't prepared and now we're prepared. Like, the, first of all, the situation is never going to come up again. It better not. <laughs> well, it's just not. Like, it won't. So, I, I, like, to me, I, I don't – it's like the the better way to say it is, like, look, we're, we're going to have someone assigned to count 11. Yeah. And that's the thing. We always have to be aware. I mean, and if for the, as far as the coaches or the players losing faith in the coaches, like, if any player does, then they're a loser. And they need to not be on the team mm. because players are responsible too. True. You know, you know, your assignment, you know, when you're supposed to be in, someone is blowing it. Someone is not being accountable. Here's the other thing. How does, how do one of the linebackers not notice? How oh, does yeah. one of the linemen not notice? 
How does Thomas Harper not notice? How do any of the analysts that are in the booth, all the GAs, none of them notice? Like, this is a complete, like, failure on so many people that they don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the person who's supposed to be in the game. Yeah. You're standing there. Why are there only three of us out there? Why yeah. Why isn't there an end? You don't have an end. Why not? Like, right. someone is supposed to be playing end. And so if you see someone not playing your position, you should say, hey, am I supposed to be in? We only have 10. Yeah. And not besides and not even to to and, and to just completely not even worry about the how many players are on the field. Ohio State is at the goal line for one yard. They roll right and they don't get it. They take Henderson out of the game and they put in Trainum, who's their power back. They're in 12 personnel. Why is Notre Dame in nickel anyway? Yep. Get nickel out of the game. Put in base. Put in an extra linebacker. That should be the call anyway. Put Get base out there at least. And if only one runs on, well, then, you know, then it's like, okay. But try to, you should get out of nickel regardless. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just. Like I said, what a terrible way for that one. For just such like a, it was, like I said, it was all built. It, it letter, it all was built up towards there. I mean, there was so many other things. Like we we've talked about the final two minutes so much. I mean, there was the dropped interception, which the ghost of Pete Bursich still haunts Notre Dame football, because that was the play where I that actually I will say, and I think I don't know if I wrote this, um, but it was like. I had this sense of impending doom the second Ohio State got the ball. And I was like, man, I'm trying to stay positive, but I've seen this before. Yeah. And it was like, as that ball was floating through the air and I saw Brown come up, I was like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. And it was like the second that he dropped that, I like, it was impossible for me to remain confident and like and like it was like like something good was going to happen because i was yeah. like after a play like it was just like that boston college game in 93 it's like when the game is gifted to you and you give it back you know it's just not gonna you know how it's gonna end um but ah uh, just a disappointing 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 game all all around. It's just like even to like have battled back from down 10 and then to, you know, to take the lead only to and then to get the fourth down stop. It was like, oh, man. All right. We're, we're cooking. And then for that four final four, the uh, 412 to play out the way that it did is just. Uh, it is it is up there in terms of gut wrenching Notre Dame football losses. I, I can't think. I mean. Like I said, people are going to say it's Bush push, but I think it's worse than that. Because um, at least that USC team was like a, you know, <laughs> that USC team was pretty damn good. 
Um, I don't know that this Ohio State team is close to that. They are not. Uh, no. They are not. That no. so that's what makes it frustrating. Is like this is a this is a a game you needed to win. They just they weren't that good of a team. No. And and I thought honestly I thought Notre Dame was better. And I, they should have won. They should have won the game. And they should have played better. Oh my. They they just they they couldn't. You cannot. If you kick off to them and you stop them, you have to go down and score and take control of the game. And then you get a three and out. You have to go down and score and take control of the game. The fact that they went without points in the first half with the way that Ohio State was playing was just is just you knew they are blowing it. This is this is you have you have lost the ability to take control. Like you have lost the ability to have a win that is like we are better than you. We are going to go take the game and we are going to control the game. You have lost that ability. Mm-hmm. And and then of course when they score first, it's like, well, you know, now you're absolutely in a dogfight. And look, they were up for it. You know, they went and took the lead and then they they stop them on fourth down and they from there, they invented ways, all the ways you could to lose the game. They they went and found them, as per the last thirty years. Yeah, and it just, uh, like I said, you just I had the sense of impending doom, and I tweeted that out on Sunday. And uh, of course, you did because yeah. th- that we're just accustomed to that. That it's just like it literally it was like I was trying, I was trying, I was like, um, I was like, just don't don't go to negative town. You know what? All we gotta do is get a stop. And it was like when we got to the fourth and seven, I was like, okay, this might be it. Maybe we could do it. And then no. And it's like, okay. Um, nope, you know, and it's like then you got like when they got down before the um the intentional grounding. That was when I was like, well, this is about to happen. Then they get the intentional grounding, and I was like, oh, my God. Maybe it is going to happen. You know, you you got third and 19, and uh, what? Not a lot of time left. What was it? 15 seconds left and one time out. It's like that's like three plays probably, you know. You, know, you start doing the math. You're like three plays, third and 19. Plus, I got to get 19. You're like, okay, this is. And then to just give it up. The way that they did is just oh. before they even gets to the to the ten men. The fact that it went from third and nineteen to be in that situation was was just horrible. Um, no, no need. No, it shouldn't have shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. Um, but yet it did. And here we are. So. We do have some questions, so let, let's let, let's read some questions, um, and we'll see how long. All right, which yeah, let's see, let's see how much time, how, how late we can take this one. Um, but uh, let, let, let's go into them. We talked about some of them already, um, but let's go. Here we go. We got Chris Jenkins, as always. Chris, thanks for the questions. Um, okay, we talked a little bit about what could happen, but we didn't necessarily talk too much about how does the team come out against Duke? 
How do you think? You think they come out sharp? You think they come out timid? You know? Uh, no, I think they'll play well. You do? Okay. They'll play well. I mean, I think they must feel like they blew it. Oh, my God. How could they not? The 100%. Um, um, hold on. Uh, they 100% feel like they blew the game. And the thing about it, too, is, like, they want to be a physical team. And so it's easy to be physical when, you know, with your offensive line. And and so they will, um, you know, they'll be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think they'll play well. I think they'll play well. They don't have the type of team that's, like, I'm obviously, right? It doesn't it, – they don't need to be sharp of throwing the ball. So. <laughs> It's just I think they'll be I think they'll be okay. I, I think it's good that it's on the road too. By the way, I would say I think it is really good that it's on the road. Um, you know, different venue than where they just played. Like if it was at home, I'd be really worried about this game. Like I'm not that I'm not worried, but I mean I would be like really worried if this was a home game. Um, yeah, because you know you get out of you know you you get out of uh, or get away from campus for a couple days too. Where I'm sure, you know, the mood, I can't even imagine what the mood around campus is right now. Uh, I'm sure it's, you know, from what it was at this time last week to what it is now is probably just, you know, a 180. And they're going to be surrounded by that all week. So to get out, um, to get on the road, I think is a, I think that's a good thing. So I think that's, that's what I would say, you know, in terms of how I think they come out. If they, if it was a home game, I would think like, you know, they would come out real slow um, and real sluggish, which remember last year, the, you know, the, the week after Marshall was a home game um, against Cal and they did not look sharp coming out against Cal. Um, so, well, that also had to do with the fact that they had Drew Pine at quarterback and he true. was like throwing the ball into the dirt on like every pass. Correct. Like yes. that, that was, At least the beginning. Yeah. That was definitely quarterback induced for certain. True. True. Um, but it was still not. I mean, he's still part of the team. <laughs> but um, so yeah, or no, he was still. I mean, you know, part of part of the the, the team and how they how they responded because he had all week to prepare too. But anyway, I like your point of it being on the road um, and being helpful. So, next question we got from Chris is on game day final. They asked if Ohio State and Notre Dame's defenses were that good, or their offenses were that bad. Thoughts? Um, I don't think Notre Dame's offense was that bad. Yeah, it just the the like they're moving the ball every time. Did they have a three and out in this game? I don't. I don't think. I don't think they did. Because they only think. had seven true possessions. So, you know, they had the kneel down, and then they had the, the hail mary, whatever that was at the end. But so yeah. they had seven true possessions. I don't think they had a three and out. So, it, it, it to me, it wasn't that they were bad. It's like, look, you missed two fourth and ones. You can't yep. do that. You missed a field goal. You can't do that. Um, scored on you, two of the other four. You scored two. On the other ones, so that's five. And the last drive. Uh, and then you had the drive where you know you had to punt or whatever. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing a drive in there somewhere, and I don't the, know what happened. The last drive where – No, but that's not like a true possession. Okay. All right. You're, I'm, not, I'm talking the one before Ohio State got the ball back. The one that started with 412 with the screen and the blown yeah, yeah, yeah. up run. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm okay. – yeah, that's what I'm referring to. So basically, like, like they moved the ball just – I think they moved the ball fine. You got to finish. And it's like yeah. you, you, you get you, – you should never get stopped on fourth and one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like that's terrible. Um, with a 230 pound running back who led the nation in rushing. Well, they, I mean, you didn't give him the ball. So, yeah. I mean, or, or just do the Mitchapalooza thing that worked every single time, but yeah. that's fine. Um, so that's what it is. So that's, you know, that's, it's not that they were bad. It's just that they, they weren't trying to be explosive and their scoring drives were like long drives that yeah. ate up a bunch of clock because they were running the ball and doing all other things. So. And I, I mean, I think the defense, I think both teams have good defenses too. I don't, I don't think that's that true. it was like, right. That's I think true. so. Um, Cause that's going back to the original question of, of game day final asking, are the defenses that good or the offense is that bad? And I mean, I think, I think both teams have legitimately good defenses. So, uh, and I mean, you know, Ohio state's receivers are, are pretty damn good. Um, McCord might not be, you know, might not have lived up to his recruiting rankings just yet because it was, you know, it was only what his fourth, fifth start. But um, no, those receivers are legit. So um, I, I think it was a sign of both both teams having pretty good defenses. Yeah. Um, with Duke, Louisville, and then USC, what do you think the record of those three games will be? And then he says, "His worry is USC." Uh, yeah, your, your worry should be USC. Yeah. Um, I am not picking Notre Dame to beat USC. They they will go two and one in that series. Yeah, that would be what I would say as of right now as well. Um, although Drew Pine did did move the ball on them again. Um, you know, at uh, at Arizona State last week. They do week, not have a good defense. They do not have a good defense. Um, but that's going to require Notre Dame to employ, uh, you know, yeah, uh, to deploy a much different game plan against USC. Um, than what we saw against Ohio State to really exploit their bad defense. So, but yeah, I don't think anybody in their right mind is picking Notre Dame to beat USC right now. Yeah. Um, Clutch Sports Notre Dame asks, one thing we've learned is that Freeman has learned from his mistakes. Saturday, we saw too many errors by players and coaches. What steps has Freeman taken or will take to address the problems the team faced Saturday night? What do you want to see out of this team against Duke? Um, I mean, so we talked a little bit about what he said about what they're going to do to address the problems of the 10 men on the field, but those weren't the only problems. Um, you know, I think that, that Freeman needs addressing, um, after, you know, after that game, I think I didn't, I get, actually, I guess, you know, he was asked about, uh, Parker's play calling today and he really stood by it and said, um, you know, he doesn't not have a second question, uh, or second guess his um you know his play calling at all i get standing up for his his you know his offensive coordinator not throwing him under the bus but i i mean i hope behind those closed doors on monday when uh or sorry on sunday where freeman did also say that there were some uncomfortable conversations i hope that was one of them like dude what are you doing um so uh i think we'll see you know, what he's done to address those other problems um, based on just what he said so far. Like, you know, we talked about that, um, which is like, OK, cool. Just never be in that situation in the first place. 
Um, but what do you want to see out of this team against Duke? Not just in, you know, how do you want them to start? What, what, what would, what would it take for you to see from Duke this weekend or to, not to see from Duke, but to see from Notre Dame against Duke to be like, all right, I'm feeling slightly better about things than, uh, you know, than, than the doom and gloom from last week. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that would make you feel even not like, okay, it was fine to lose, but I mean, what would make you feel better about the direction the team is headed in 2023? Nothing. Nothing. No. And is that because you're you still think what I'm I'm surprised by that. So what? Everything was there for them in this game. Yes. Everything was there for them in this game. And and they didn't do it. You know, they yeah. weren't they weren't aggressive offensively. They weren't. They didn't try to push the ball. Like, they don't have – it is clear to me – you know what? Actually, I changed my mind. I was just going to say, you, you you were getting yourself to an answer right there. Well, so, so, so it was clear to me that they don't trust Tobias Merriweather, Chris Tyree, and Jaden Thomas even. They don't trust those guys because if they did, they would have done things – to involve them in the passing game, like as yeah. first options. And they didn't. They didn't. So, to, in my opinion, they don't trust them. They don't think they're good. But now they're going to have to, I think they're going to put Tobias in the boundary because Jaden Thomas, I do not believe, is playing in this game. No, it does. Based on Freeman speak, it doesn't sound like it. It does not sound like it. And the fact that he left the game and didn't come back with the hamstring, right. that that just to me it signifies an injury that's going to take longer than five days to heal. Correct. So he he will not play in this game. If they find something with Tobias Merriweather in the boundary, then then that will make me feel better. Because then I think maybe they'll trust him a little bit more. Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't expect that. I don't. Because, frankly, none of their behavior has indicated to me that that they think he's good. Interesting. And And I think that's true of Tyree as well. Well, I was shocked that he did not I, – I, I was sure that we were going to see some sort of wrinkle for Tyree in this game. Um, you know, converted running back, moved to receiver. There would be some sort of jet sweep we hadn't seen or something, right, to him. Uh, or you know, it, it just – we didn't. You know, no – he had the one 25-yarder that was kind of like a busted play where he wasn't – to your point, he wasn't the primary – it was like play broke down. Uh, you know, Hartman finds him and he runs for I don't know, I forget how many yards. That 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 pass did not go a lot of yards in the air. Um, he got a lot after. The twenty-five so, yarder. It was a five-yard. Yeah. It was a five-yard drag. Yeah, and he they're runs. Running, they're running. Uh, yeah, they're running like a mesh concept. So like, I was shocked that they're not. 
that, that didn't cook something up for somebody with his skill set. And I get, you know, maybe you don't trust him as an every down wide receiver yet because he's new to the position, but it's like you moved him there. Like you've had to your your point earlier, I forget what you were making the point about with, uh, you know, you had all off season, you had all spring um, and you had all summer to find a way to use these guys and use them. And you, you're not getting different wide receivers this year. So like you got to just start like you have to use what you what you have. Um, so I, I, I like that answer is like if we see something out of the something out of the passing game that we hadn't yet. But that'll probably just annoy me that we didn't see it uh, last week and that like, oh, like, you know, it, it would actually be like frustratingly awesome would be like, oh, all of a sudden, like, you know. They start cooking up more things for Rico Flores, who it seems like they do trust given his snap count. Um, or like, yeah, or Tobias having a game where he goes off or something like that. Um, it'd be like, oh, cool. Where? Why did you not do this last week? But, I mean, I think in terms of what I want to see just overall is I, I want the team to come out and play to their potential. Because uh, it's two weeks in a row they haven't. You know, the Central Michigan game was fine. But it's like we, we talked about it. It was like it was annoying. It was sloppy. It wasn't crisp. And then last week was last week. I mean, it just like gave away a game to a team that um, they should have beaten. So um, I want to see I want to see a little bit. I want to see them just play to their potential. Um, and if they do, they're going to win because they are a better team than Duke. Um, but um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that that happens. So that they win. Um, I mean, I, I will most likely pick Notre Dame to beat Duke. I already said I think they're going two and one in that span, but it's like it's not a gimme uh, by any uh, by any means. I guess now, like I just to wrap it up. Yeah. Like think about you said they scheme that you're surprised they didn't scheme up something for Tyree, right? Yeah. They built a whole package <laughs> for Jeremiah Love. And Devin Ford in this game. It's a great point. That is where their their focus is. That's where they think it's best to to uh, spe- allocate their resources on those guys. Like, okay, Tobias Merriweather. Okay. They've targeted him seven times or 10 times. He has seven catches for 147 yards. Okay. Yeah. He is tied for, uh, let's see, fifth on the team in targets with Chris Tyree. They are nine of 10 throwing the ball to Chris Tyree. So those two players, they're 16 of 20 throwing to them for about uh, 388 yards and three touchdowns. Okay? Mm-hmm. They are tied for fifth in targets to Jaden Greathouse, to Mitchell Evans, to Rico Flores, and to Jaden Thomas. 
they play let me let me just look at the snaps here oh it's low for tyree it's very low for tyree he had 18 against ohio state 18 so well tobias is 100 tobias is 180 so he had of all the wide receivers they have this he has the second most snaps by far uh the next closest is flores with 126 they don't you have to look at their behavior he is in the game more than everybody else and they throw to him the almost the least amount of times like they don't they they are showing me they don't think he's good despite the fact that he's 7 of 10 for the yards that he has if they if they thought he was good they would throw him the ball you know i thought this I, might make me feel better greg this no, is not it, no, uh, this it's is not, not making no, me <laughs> this is why this is why this is why i'm so like annoyed i was so annoyed at the at halftime of that game. And even during, like in the second half, I was like, this is not, you are not, go, uh, you are not an elite offense playing this way. Now you are playing a way that, that will help you win this game. But like you, it, uh, an elite offense can throw the ball. An elite offense tries to throw the ball. An elite offense pushes the ball. Like you had all this time. Chancey Stucky had all this time to get these guys ready to go. And they don't they don't want to throw it to them. They threw the ball to Chris Tyree once. Yeah. And he got 25 yards. They threw the ball to Tobias Merriweather twice. The first one, he broke a tackle. He's just standing there, first of all. It's like a little eight-yard curl. Stands there, breaks a tackle, gets 15 yards down to the foot line. The other one, they throw it to him. The guy holds him. He gets a 15-yard penalty. So they threw it to him twice. He got 30 yards. That's it. That's all I threw to him. Not only that, they didn't even look at him. They're not even looking. Hmm. So. <laughs> there's nothing. So in my opinion, there's nothing that I can see. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Well, it's seven more games for them to try to to uh, to to, uh, to figure something out with this offense. Which, and it, but look, the good news, in my opinion, is uh, the good news is that that I I think they can win every game with the exception of USC playing exactly the way that they play. So that's good. that's true, yeah. So that's good. Um, but like, you're not gonna have Sam Hartman next year, so no. Ah, <sighs> yep, yep, yep. Not like I said, not ideal, not ideal. So, all right, let's let's go through some of these more more of these questions because it's getting late here at East Coast time, and I am gonna have to go to sleep at some point. Um, but 
I apologize. That was like a rant, like a a tangent. That was a good rant. And now you just, you just, like I said, I was like, baby talking to Greg is going to, Greg, Greg sometimes finds ways when I'm negative to just be like, no, man, it's all right. It's going to be okay. But no, it's like tonight. I feel like I need to give you a pep talk at this point. Like, Greg, it's going to be fine. Okay. We're going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, Ah, good times. Good times. You know what? This is going to be relatable content to all those who are listening, because uh, I think most Notre Dame fans are in the same boat where it's just like, all right, here we go. Here we go again. Can't wait to watch another 730 game against Duke and then another 730 game next week against freaking Louisville. Can't wait for that primetime primetime matchup with with a prominent team like like Louisville and then a fourth primetime game in, in a row uh, against USC love it you know just love to see it um, uh, I just looked at my wife I was like did nobody nobody that makes these picks these times for Notre Dame have kids um, but uh, <laughs> she just laughed but uh anyway our friend Robert Halicki gives us a question um, it's kind of a not really a two-parter but uh, first part is more statement says, I have a feeling a lot of the questions are going to be similar. We showed resilience last year, but we also had two bad games following Ohio State. My concern is we can see Notre Dame falter after that devastating end to a game. We seemed to have been the better team. No moral victories. My question is, what do you guys feel the season can be record-wise? You kind of just answered. Most people were saying one to three losses. And do you guys think this year can still be considered successful given what we all watched this weekend and how it ended, I try to be positive and take it all in, but this sucks. So it sounds like you, all right, well, you already said you think it could be 10 and two. If Notre Dame just, you know, plays the way that they are, doesn't change anything. Um, And I think that's like, I think that is now the ceiling for the season, obviously. Um, Cause I just, I can't, I mean, maybe, Maybe, you know, um, there's a 95-style Notre Dame-USC win in them where USC comes in with a high-flying offense and Notre Dame just out-physicals them and just rams the ball down their throats and, you know, know, sends sends USC packing just like they sent Keyshawn Johnson, who ran his mouth that week back in 95. But I just – it's tough to see right now. Um, so let's say it, I, I think if the season ends 10 and two, I don't know that I can consider it really successful because it would be impossible not to look back and go, what could have been right? Like yeah. what could have yeah. been against Ohio state? And it's like, and to your point, if like, if they don't start throwing the ball more, with Hartman. Like, I mean, I wonder how Sam Hartman feels in all this, by the way, because it's like, dude, he came to Notre Dame one more year, enhanced the draft stock, and it's like he didn't really get a chance to showcase himself on the biggest game of the year so far, but whatever. Um, it's like, well, why did you go out and do that if this is what you were going to do? Yeah. So I, I, I would say no in that case. If they're 10 and 2 and we just see Notre Dame run kind of the same offense we've seen them run, where it's just like, Run first, run second, throw occasionally, and and then it's like then no, it's not a success because it's like you had a quarterback that was capable of doing more and you didn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I I, I just 
I don't see how they I don't see how they ever get there in the passing game, to be honest with you. Yeah. I didn't say well, I'm just saying if that's the case, then yeah, I would say not success. Not but like, success. but again, I think his uh, for him, I think this is still a a successful season because he had to. He wanted to get into a system like this. Yeah, he wanted to. Okay. You know, he, they're having him do things that he has never done before, and true. honestly, maybe that's there's a learning curve there that we just don't know about. Also true. That's possible, right? Um. I mean, it so, seems based on I saw your tweets too today about the play action numbers that like he must not feel comfortable doing he it. He must not like it. It's, it's insane. You you want to like you run the ball over and over again, and you do three and, play actions. And the other part is like, again, why do you do play action? You do play action because you want to get an explosive. <laughs> You want you want the safeties to bite, you want linebackers to bite. You want to you want to create an advantage there. You want them you want your receivers running by people. They must not think that that is a good thing for their wide receiver crew. Yeah. Or else, why would why wouldn't you do it? It's the whole point. You're a power yeah. running team. You should like. What did Lou do? <laughs> Speaking of Lou, like what yeah. did Lou do? Look at the Besides 93 piss team. off Ryan Day. Um, Look at the 93 team, the 92 it, team, the 92. Like, they never threw a pass that, that wasn't play action. Why? Because all they do is run. How many How many RPOs did Notre Dame run in this game? Did they run any? None. Yeah. <laughs> and that we know Hartman is more than capable of doing. Mickey Mouse passing game. Yeah. Oh, I think I found my title for this this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Breaking down Notre Dame's Mickey Mouse passing game. Love it. Uh, send tweet. Okay. A um, couple more cues to get through. Um, Chris Scheiber. Anything we already kind of talked on this. Um, but again, we will read the question because you asked it, Chris. Says I can get on board a bit with the game plan of using the two running back sets and estimate not being as involved in those sets. But how do you not ride the nation's leading rusher in the final four minutes while holding the lead and trying to bleed the clock? Chris, I think we spent probably 10 minutes talking about that. I didn't um, like it. We didn't like it. We did not like it. So uh, we are right there with you. Uh, Irish Hawk asks us, it says, I hate to ask, but how productive is Marist really? He seems to be he seems to run around like a madman out of control. Sixty snaps and zero tackles. Um, so one thing I did see, I think it was Jamie that tweeted, yeah. or maybe he wrote about it that like he actually had Maris down for like three tackles, which is yeah, still, he uh, not he a huge number. Me too. Yeah, so I think yeah. he wrote it in one of the one of his post game articles. So it's like nah, it's still not a big number, but it's not zero. Right. Um, but I mean, he was not necessarily heard from that much in this game um it's true um it's true and uh the 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 most memorable play he made was wrong arming the uh the run play to allow henderson to get outside Mm -hmm. which allowed henderson to get into space and beat xavier watts to the point and score a touchdown so not good it's not a good one. Um, which 
I mean, what's weird is his first three games he played, I think, really well. And it was like, this is the Marist that people were seeing in practice, um, you know, last summer before he got hurt. And and then it was like, even against Central Michigan, it was like he didn't he didn't play as good as he did those first three games. And then, yeah, he did not have he did not have a good game um, against Ohio State um, for the first three weeks was the first three weeks of the season. He was like the third rated running or the third rated linebacker on PFF in the country or something like that. It was something really high. I forget the exact numbers, uh-huh. but he was the 14th highest rated Notre Dame player against Ohio state at a 58.6 with a 43.9 rating for tackling. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, the tackling one is hard cause I, I, I don't know what they're, they're giving them there. Right. Uh, so that's a 25% that's miss them. rate. They did give him three assists. Okay. So, okay. So he did have three, three assists tackles. and one miss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's three. That counts. So three tackles. Um, I just, yeah. I mean, he, look, he, he did not have an effective game. No, just straight up. Not good. I mean, he, he, he did not have, he was not a factor. No, he was not. Um, so, I mean, I think it goes back to, I think I talked to the summer about the relying backers being one of my concerns. And it's again, it's not that like they're not, I'm just trying to think, am I missing so like a lot? There's not been a lot of negative plays from the linebacking core. Which, uh, if that's... By anyone, really. Yeah, it's, I was just going to say, if you're going to think, like, if we're going to say, like, what... Like, th- this defense was good at, like, keeping points off the board, but it's it has not been good at, yeah, getting sacks or forcing turnovers. And that's that's a problem. Um, and that'll be a big problem against USC if, uh, again, if, if they don't find a way to do that. Yep. Um, yep. I don't even, I saw Oscar, our friend, uh, uh, you know, at Vamos Irish. What is, I'm not, I'm going to mispronounce these because it's, it's not English. The first two, this is just, just pork. I don't know if you've seen the Porque. question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then pourquoi? Because I believe the second one is French. If I am not mis, if I am not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and then says, "What's the most bitter thing you have eaten?" <laughs> I'm assuming bitter uh, because everybody is bitter right now from the game. So, what is the most bitter thing you have ever eaten? Bitter? Yeah. Um. I so sometimes. Um, uh, Amy gets these uh, green drinks from the store. Okay. And we 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 drink them. They're quote unquote good for you, according to the pundits. And, okay. Uh, but they don't. This the 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 market we get them from. They don't make them exactly the same every time. It's like the all the ingredients are the same. Mm-hmm. But um. The, the ratios are off a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes there's like way too much like ginger and, uh, and lemon. Oh, okay. And if, and if they mess that up, it can get tough. Okay. So I would I'm say a big that. ginger fan. It, I like it, but it's yeah. just, if you okay. overdo it and the ratios are off, it, it, it just like, 
it, it the drink is called Doctor Juice, and uh, okay, it's, it's tough. All right. Um, most bitter thing. I'll be honest. I had something today that I don't know what the hell it was. Um, because we've been getting these like during the week, these like pre-made like, or pre-packaged salads at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, because that's just you know I'll just eat like you know garbage for lunch. Um, and it actually paid off. Um, dropping a few lbs these days, which is nice. But um, although until this last weekend when I just ate like a dumpster in South Bend yeah. for a couple of days, but. Dude, I don't know what was in today's salad. One bite specifically, I just took a bite, and it was very fitting, again, for for what's played out in the last 48 hours. It was so bitter. I don't know what – I didn't know if, like, maybe, maybe you know, some sort of, like, uh, I don't know, vegetable that went bad, like one single one made it in the salad. But it was like – it was just one bite, and I was just like, oh, God, I can't eat this. I like had to spit it out and, like, run to the garbage can and throw it away. So that was that might have been the most bitter thing I've actually ever eaten because I can't remember anything more bitter than that. Um, I think I did try to do apple cider vinegar once, um, like ten years ago when I was trying to um, <laughs> trying to lose weight, um, and I was successful in losing weight back then. Um, but uh, I not with the apple cider vinegar. I tried it because I read it on the internet, and I was like, "This is the dumbest thing I've ever done." Um, it was disgusting. So um that's up there as well two more questions we got one from uh at drew payment says do you think freeman has a full understanding of what is happening offensively we heard all offseason we got hartman and we were going to be more aggressive but now he's defending parker's play calling uh or calling a game that looked nothing like we had um yet that turned out less aggressive than 22 so we talked about this a lot yeah. in general the game plan but um i mean i think it is i mean i think it's it's, it's a fair question to pose in terms of like you know how we're maybe not you know does he have a full understanding i think obviously freeman has an understanding of what what is happening but like how much of a you know how how strong or, or how much is freeman just letting you know parker and co run yeah run the offense without just being like, no, this is not why we got Sam Hartman. This is not what we're going to be like. Fix it. Um, uh, that he would never say that. Well, not publicly. He I would meant, never say that in my opinion. This even is behind what, a closed door. Yeah. Just because it's not his thing. This is what, how it probably goes is they develop the game plan. They get together as an offensive staff with Marcus and they say, this is what we want to do. This is where we need to focus. And this is how we're going to win the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's possible that, you know, I'm, I'm sure, look, there's no way that they go into games thinking like, we're not going to be explosive in this game. We're not going to throw the ball down the field in this game. Right. There's mm-hmm. no way they think that. Um, but like as the game goes on, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a time when Marcus wants to be aggressive or whatever. But like he's not going to say, like, I thought Jared should have been more aggressive. Oh, yeah. He can tell him, but he's That's not going to say it. I don't yeah, mean like, I don't mean he would say that publicly. I meant like, oh, is there is there like a uh, you know behind closed doors Sunday meeting where he is? What like, he dude. might say, I, I'll bet what he does is 
like he could go into uh, what, what could happen and I could see this happening. Not that I, I think it happened or whatever. He could go in and be like, Hey, we have to find, we have to be an explosive passing game. Yeah. Like this is not all these stops and all these, like, you know, all these uh, stop routes and these routes where a guy's just standing there and not doing anything. Like that's not going to work. Like there's right. no, you could say that. Right. Yeah. So, but like, you know, I think generally speaking, I, I think he's probably fine with the way he called the game. Um, it's just like, you might want to go, okay, we need to get more. Yeah. So. All right. One more cue, one more cue. And then I'm going to go to get some sleep tonight and pose this in the morning. Um, we have, um, this is from Joel at voluntary Joel 41, two hypothetical slash philosophical questions. One, what big picture takes does offensive coordinator Parker take away from the OSU game? Does the game plan offensively differ from how you attack Duke? I sure as heck hope so. Um, At least that it differs. But what does he take? I mean, do you think he do you think he take take walks away from this going like, no, we just can't. We can't throw it five ten yards every play. We need to start pushing things. Or does he walk um, away also saying, like, I just need to give the ball to my... To I, I my, think they walk away back. thinking we got to convert fourth and one. Well, if that's all they take away... Honestly, like, I, I don't think they... They've signaled this to us. How many times... We've been, I've been on this show, on this pod, for a majority of the year. Yes. And after Navy, everyone said... They didn't hit uh, explosive to Tobias. Everyone said after the Tennessee State game, they didn't hit explosive to Tobias. And I was always like, I just think they're not throwing them. Yeah. They could. They could if they wanted. I don't know why it wouldn't be there. They haven't tried it. How do you know if you don't try it, right? Yeah. And and, uh, same thing with Tyree. And then they hit Tyree uh, deep. And uh, that, everyone was like, yeah, that's great. I'm glad it happened, right? Same thing with Tobias. Never threw to those guys. Never threw the ball to Tyree deep, obviously. Never mm-hmm. threw the ball to Tobias deep. Well, I guess you could count the one that was a penalty on yeah. uh, on Ohio State, but you didn't try it. Like, it again, those guys are 16 of 20 getting the ball thrown to them. If they, if they wanted ball. to do it, they would do it. They don't want to do it. They want to be exactly what they were. I don't think they have any well, problem with the game plan. Sometimes losing changes um, what you want to do. So hopefully, hopefully um, that changes. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. His second question, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take offense to this as part, and you'll see why in a second. Feelings on NFL teams having fight songs. Fly Eagles, fly and bear down are just weird and then says right question mark and i'm gonna just say no you are not right you are this is you are you are very incorrect in this fly eagles fly is an amazing jingle um that gets played after every eagle score and it's amazing um i don't think it's weird though in general for i think it's weird that more pro teams don't have them to be perfectly honest um and 
you know, like I go to, I've been to games at, at um, uh, whatever the hell, what is it, MetLife, uh, where the Giants play many times. And it's weird. Like there's like very little that goes on when the Giants, well, I mean, the Giants have to score points for them to play fight songs and the Giants don't really do that because um, they're terrible at football. But uh, I think it's weird. Like they, they don't play anything and they don't have, uh, they don't have their songs. Right. I mean, hell, the 76ers yeah. have a theme song that they play after every after every after every game. And that's in the NBA. The Chargers have one. At least they used to. I don't know if they still play that San Diego Superchargers song because that thing was that was amazing. But no, it is not weird. It's glorious. Actually, fun fact about the Fly Eagles Fly song, Greg, when I was mm-hmm. still living in Philly, one of my first jobs almost 20 years ago at this point now. Good Lord. That sounds like a long time ago. Um, I worked with a guy who's, I think it was his uncle, actually. It was his uncle, maybe? I forget. Somebody in his family actually wrote Fly, Eagles, Fly. And his family gets paid royalties every single time that song is played at an Eagles game. Um, Yeah, I was like, well, okay. Also, it's like just, it's funny that like they bought it off of a fan instead of just like being like, oh, this is cool. We should just pay somebody to do our own. Um, you know, instead they just bought one from a fan. Um, so pretty wild. Who, but, who asked this question? Uh, at voluntary Joel 41. Uh, Joel, thank you for the question. I appreciate you <laughs> asking the question and being a part of the show. Um, it's, this is a terrible take. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, there should be more songs. Thank you. Uh, here's a take that I have. Actually, this is a, this is a this is like a hot take, and I need to and I need to do it on Hit and Hustle one day too because we have hot right. takes sometimes. I love it. Is is so I was recently I went to a uh, LAFC game with my okay. kids. Yeah. And that was one of the most lit atmospheres. I've ever been to. Okay. I mean, there's maybe what, like 20,000 people there, 30. And the whole time, like the whole back behind the, uh, the goal, it's called the North end. It's just a wall of people. And from kickoff to like whistle to whistle, basically, they are just banging drums and it's all chants. They go the entire 45 minutes for as long as they're playing a game. It's incredible. It is absolutely magical. And this needs to be incorporated into every sport. Like Notre Dame needs to do this. It Probably not when you're on offense because you can't hear anything. But mm-hmm. like on defense, you should be able to do it. Like I don't care if you can't hear. Like just, just bang drums. And have them chant things and do their songs. Like it's it's an awesome atmosphere. It's so yeah. good. There need to be more songs. There need to be more uh, fan crowd involvement. I'm all for it. I want more of it. It's great. Songs are good. Anything that gets the crowd involved and feeling like it's a uh, they're a they're a group, you know, camaraderie. Yeah. Let's do that. All for it. I am in as well. I love it. Um, and I've actually said to people before, like, when I, you know, going back to the Fly Eagles Fly part, that, like, 
of all the NFL stadiums I've ever been to, the Eagles is the only one that to me has any sort of like college type college atmosphere in terms of like there's a fight song after they score touchdowns, right? And it's like they do things like that that there's like some pageantry to that other pro teams these other pro stadiums that I've been in just doesn't do. So, I think we should normal I think we should normalize bringing more of the cool stuff from college football into the pros. Yeah. And with that, Greg, we've wow, we went way longer than I thought we would. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess a lot to unpack. Well, that's kind of my fault. That's all right. That's all right. It's all, all good. It's all good. I'm just telling you, it's my fault. It's all. <laughs> I know. Like I said, I, like I said, I, I think the roles were a little reversed on this one. I was like, all right, Greg will talk me out of this. Like, no, I'm like, oh man, it's really bad. oh but it's okay it's gonna be better guys and gals um we've been through i can't say we've been through worse because i don't know that we have um but we've definitely been through a lot all 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 together as, as notre dame fans and you know maybe one day these games will end differently you know maybe it does feel a little bit like, you know, Lucy pulled the football out from us again. But, uh, hey, let's let's go back and, and try to kick it again in a couple of weeks when USC comes to town. Um, that's where I'm at. Um, it's a sickness. I'm aware. Um, I'm going to be miserable watching sports for a little while like I was tonight. Just, like, not even taking enjoyment out of the Eagles winning. But, um, you know, who knows? You know, we get a big win. This weekend over Duke, and, you know, we all start, you know, I don't even say dreaming big because that's not that's not where we'll be. But, you know, we'll feel less terrible if we win, if we beat Duke um, and look OK doing it. Yeah, well, well, things will perk up. You go beat a ranked team at nighttime. Things will things will perk up for sure. Yeah. No new reviews to read this week, but as always, folks, thank you for the questions. Thank you for listening. I I hope this, I don't know, helps, maybe, I don't know, or at least it makes you feel like, hey, you're not alone, that we're all miserable together. Um, It's kind of like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I don't know. What can I say? It's another big loss, and we're all in misery. And with that, folks, I bid you adieu. And hey, uh, go Irish, I guess. That's where we're at on this one. So until next time. (laughs)